All right, Little Rock, grab your coffee, get jacked up. It's time for another episode of The Block Talk, and I'm fortunate today to be joined by Scott McGee and Amber Brewer of Yellow Rocket Concepts. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having us. Thank you, Jamie. We're very excited to have you guys here. You have made a massive impact on our restaurant space here in our capital city and other cities nearby as well. And I have a million questions, but I want to start with first, how did you guys get into business together? Do you want to take that? <laughs> um, I will uh, let you take that. Yeah, I met Amber. I, I was, um, of course, I started Boulevard Bread Company. It was, it was my first uh, restaurant endeavor. Um, and, you know, I wanted to bring, uh, well, I moved back to Little Rock from California, and I was missing great uh, crusty baguette and great uh, espresso and cheese and all the gourmet ingredients which uh, led to Boulevard Bread Company. And after uh, several years of, of operating Boulevard and pouring my, pouring my heart and soul into that, I was lucky enough to cross paths with, uh, with Amber, who was helping me with some branding and marketing um, stuff at Boulevard. And that evolved into what we have today. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So your, was your strength always in marketing and branding before you got into this space? And has that sort of evolved into... It was. I moved here from Savannah, Georgia, where I went to Savannah College of Art and Design, and I moved here to take a job with Cranford Johnson Robinson Woods as an art director. Um, I was there for a while and continued to work uh, there and was a um, an art director at um, Arkansas Business for a while as well while I was doing work with with Scott so um, and I maintained a job with um, Arkansas Business and uh, doing some of my own design work for a while until we had probably our fifth restaurant when it got to be so much that uh, I decided to develop an internal marketing department to handle the workload that's amazing yeah. and what's exciting about this is from the entrepreneurial standpoint which is you know the point of the podcast really is to highlight and showcase people who have added value especially in the entrepreneurial space here in Little Rock and one of the things you've done is taken that restaurant that became a staple people walk there in the morning they have their breakfast they drink their coffee they meet okay. with their friends and then they go off and it's they an do icon their for sure oh yeah <laughs> and I mean so the rest of them have now become icons and what's interesting about that is your guys's mashups and backgrounds are totally different but together they they work in the symbiotic way that allows you to create these things out of thin air and so you talk about how many restaurants you have but what about for Little Rock specifically which I believe there's five uh, restaurants that you have five concepts yeah there's there's uh, there's nine locations and then Boulevard I, I had opened four locations before I sold it so it's go through the restaurant the concepts so uh, Zaza fine salad and wood oven pizza company there are two of those one in Conway's as well as Little Rock Big Orange Burger. There's three of those. It's everyone's favorite. Um, and, um, <laughs> um, uh, spiked milkshakes. Yeah, that's that's uh, and, and great burgers and fries. Local Lime, which is kind of a Cali authentic Mex concept. There's one in Little Rock, one in Rogers, Arkansas. Um, Heights Taco and Tamale, which is kind of a uh, Delta uh, Arc Mex, we call it. And it's a kind of an ode to the old browning space that it, that it was born in. And uh, certainly one of my favorite concepts. And then, of course, Big uh, uh, Lost 40 Brewing, um, which is our brewery and restaurant and just a, a huge uh, explosion of creativity down there on both sides, the, the beer and the, and the culinary side. What's amazing about that is you're having to brand and market all of these things that are come out of totally different areas, apparently, from, you know, so you're having to, like, every time you think you've got a concept and you're building it, I'm sure he's throwing at you, okay, well, now we're going to do this. Turns out she's it's, pretty good at it. Yeah, well, she's incredible <laughs> at it because all those places, and then that's why I want you to go through them, is our listeners all... All of them are Little Rock residents for the most part. And they all eat there. They've well, just, all just to wrap places. Amber for a second. I mean, she, you know, she, she 
um, you know, she's always had an eye for all of this, but I, I don't, I don't think she realized how diverse, uh, she was in terms of branding and marketing, but also interior design, logo design, menu design, beer can design has become this whole monster unto itself. That's and of course, a and, massive job um, here, <laughs> but, but I mean, she, she's just the most brilliant in the state and in, in the region. And, uh, she's, she makes everything we do. Uh, she makes me look good. Well, <laughs> good job, Andrew. Is very kind. But, I, you know, going back to, um, you know, not realizing how big it was when we got into it and, um, all of the different concepts, and you know, asking about how we met and everything. I think one of the things that makes our partnership so great is that, and, and what makes Scott a great partner and John a great partner and all of our people is that we're all very open-minded. Um, and I've never thought, I've, I've never worried when we start a new project because I've never worked with a group of people um, who are so flexible and so nimble. And sometimes you can work in, uh, in projects where people, they just are very tight and they just have this idea and you're gonna do this one thing. But these guys are, are very loose and they're like, try it out. You See know? if it works. See if it works. Yeah. And that's just how I am. I, I wanna do everything and I'm a, I'm a person that's a just say yes person. Scott is a just say yes person like that's and so just that fundamental thing is what makes us work well together is that just say yes let's do it let's freak out yeah, later let's go ahead and commit we'll freak out later we'll learn all, how to do it it'll be fine we're like, all super creative too yeah. and, and when clearly you're, and, I mean the creativity is unbelievable and when you go in, into uh, these these found spaces that are that are sometimes kind of all oddball spaces that maybe yeah, um, maybe two other restaurants didn't work there, but we have a concept that we think will. Um, you know, we're, we're shucking and jiving and changing and um, uh, giving each other a ton of feedback. And it's a, it's a very creative process that evolves. And, um, yeah, we have a team that's just really, um, uh, uh, that's just perfectly um, geared towards that process. And it took a lot of trust from them to allow, like, I, I feel very, very lucky to have been, you know, given the amount of trust that I have been given because I'd never done interior design or, you know, when I graduated, I'm going to date myself, but when I graduated from, uh, from SCAD, there, we were on Photoshop one, there was no InDesign, um, none of that existed. So I had to learn all of that on the fly and it took me longer my you know there's a learning curve there and for them to not go with a fancy firm and to give me that opportunity was a really huge thing as you know an up-and-coming female you know aspiring creative director which i wouldn't be able to do in atlanta i would never get that amount of responsibility and so i've always felt really grateful for it and just always wanted to do it all and they're like okay yeah <laughs> so i'm all I've worked always out. Been like, cool they're gonna let me do it and, <laughs> and, and same on the on the uh, culinary creative side i mean i i have a lot of flexibility and mm-hmm. um you know we even our concepts that are 12 13 years old yeah you know I, I mean i get tired of stuff we all get tired of stuff and so that process of always reinventing always assessing can this be 10 percent better this was cool five years ago is it cool today um, that process uh, is really fun for me uh, on the creative side and uh, helps keep things fresh and exciting yeah, well, for the record, no one ever gets tired of the Asian ginger salad. So just FYI, <laughs> it'll it's never get old. One of the best of all time. It is. But, but be- I'm asking myself, could it be 5% better? Yeah, I mean, you can put 5% more wonton chips in it if you want. Yeah, but- <laughs> but- done, done. Yes. That's a good idea. But that being said, you guys have had this, it's a 
entrepreneurial experience. It's something that so many people in our city have this desire to build something of their own that they can look at and be proud of. And it's incredible the amount of growth you've experienced over these years. But what about the challenges? I mean, it's always good when you're at the end of it and you can look back at this beautiful picture of what you've built and say, look at how far we've come, look how great it is. But what about when you hit the walls? What about when you can't find the right location or you struggle with a concept? How do you work through those kind of periods? Never had that problem. Well, you know, doesn't be like what? (laughs) You know, the 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 problems. There are so many different types of problems. You know, um, we've certainly run into walls with things like when you were developing a business when you start out with forty employees, and you know, Scott knows this better than I do with having started Boulevard first. But when you go from forty employees to having, we now have six hundred and fifty. So there are challenges in that that have nothing to do with what people. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, what if the food's not right? Or actually, HR is a huge challenge. So we've had to learn and grow through that. Um, and so we sought out help and expertise from people who are experts Um, when we hit a wall with our food or our menu Scott and his culinary team they drill into it they're like what can we do better let's go out let's get inspired and I kind of do the same thing like for you know I hit a lot of walls with the brewery because the brewery um, it is such an constantly evolving ever-growing market of people who are very fickle and so i run out of you know pretty ideas much creatively it's a, pretty sometimes much it's so. our excuse to travel yeah pretty yeah much. well yeah. And the thing is with the beer is you have so much more competition on that level too is especially in arkansas is all of a sudden there is like a yeah. big craft beer movement where in other areas of the country but this i will was say that there is uh there's not a time where we've hit a wall that we haven't been better for it right because we always come out on that other side well, with it, either a better perspective or a better product or adding to our team um there just hasn't been yet a time where we have really got in the trenches and solved a problem where we haven't been better for it i'm really grateful for that too we we've certainly had some failures you know we've certainly had some things not go as planned but um, i think generally problems or challenges they i think they energize our group i mean if when i get feedback from a guest um, that that maybe you know that's 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 difficult to hear. I mean that gets me excited because I mean I immediately want to go out and solve the problem and make it better and impress them and then show them what I've done. Yeah, so, look <laughs> so, what I'm going to do then. Yeah, I, 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 I actually I, I thrive in, in that on that process. What has been in all the concepts that you developed has been each of your they might be independent of each mm-hmm. other they might be the same. What's your favorite one? Gosh, um, I, <laughs> I mean, guess if you had to eat there every day for 365 yeah, like, days, what's the criteria? For <laughs> criteria that for favorite is okay. you're gonna have to eat there for like the next year. I mean, I eat it all. It all I eat it all of them. I Me mean, too. I, you know, I mean, first thing I'll do is take a step back, and I I've aged 20 years through this process, and because uh, I I started Boulevard 20 years ago this year. And, um, you know, one thing that I've realized is uh, I love being creative and I love cooking and I love doing wine, five course wine dinners and I love cooking, you know, more high uh, brow food and, and then, you know, more approachable food. Um, but what's what's really evolved with me personally is I love the people and um, I care about them and their families and whether it's my partners or my work family, um, that's what's really important. And um, so, I mean, 
you know, I, 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 that's the zoom out big picture. But um, I eat at all three times a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that too. So my, my favorite, hands down, is Zaza. Zaza will be 12 years old, April 24th of this year, yeah. which is super cool. I'm very so excited. It's happening during Earth Month and 2020. Um, <laughs> but I could eat there literally every... Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm your branding Thank person. Thank you. I had no idea. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I would... Yeah. I could eat there every meal and um it's it because it's simple it's real ingredients those don't get old and tired there is there is no gimmick there is everything that you eat there is made every day there it's why the dressings have such zest and tang i mean there's 75 lemons that are hand squeezed every morning for the lemon garlic dill dressing um it's just it's it's my favorite place um and it's such a a neighborhood spot too so just from even a a getting to know your neighbors a people watching perspective um it's it's fantastic so that's that's always my favorite now as far as um my favorite project to have created like in terms of not from the menu side but just to have worked on would be our newest um, local lime local rogers, lime and rogers. Yep. cuz i got to dig in and do um, i had a timeline that allowed me and a and space that allowed me to do a lot of custom stuff so well and the black beans they are ridiculous and the, and they're vegan yeah, and I can't eat black beans at home we, now. I'm like, I we can't. just put so many chilies and peppers and yep. all kinds of, of, all kinds of uh, flavors. Yeah, they're 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 very healthy, but we we just put a ton of fresh herbs and and uh, fresh garlic and and dried chilies and just all kinds of things to make them delicious. Yeah, I can't even choose a favorite, so I thought it'd be really unfair of me to go ahead and ask you guys because yeah. I can't choose. But I will say that at Zaza the other day, I went in there and my baby doctor was in there eating. I saw him, mm-hmm. but I just made sure he didn't see me because I thought I'm going to get some gelato and I don't want him to right. see this. And the girl behind the counter was so nice. She like snuck the contraband, you know, from behind the gelato counter and brought it to me in a paper bag. Right. <laughs> so he never I even got that. to see it. It was just so, very, I mean, their family to me too. <laughs> I mean, I do, yeah. I, I do have a favorite at every location. I mean, I like a favorite meal, like Heights taco and tamale. I get three tamales, chili, <laughs> hot sauce, crackers, and one, uh, fri- and one fried catfish taco, <laughs> one a la carte fried, one fried, fried catfish taco. That's it. That's, that's which that's, has that's, to be an Arkansas specialty. That, well, yeah. we're actually thinking about making that into one, and yeah. we're going to call it the LA basket, the lower Arkansas basket, where you yes. get that one filet, you get a tamale, like a little bit of everything. Well, it's yeah, it's <laughs> it's my favorite meal, so I, I, I wanted to, right. I wanted to put it together as a as a package on the menu, mm-hmm. and then at um, uh, at uh, local lime, I always get. Um, I always get a fried chicken taco. And, um, gosh, I'm admitting this. You know. But it's funny because people outside of our state are going to be like, uh, a fried and, chicken taco? I'm flying to Arkansas and, tomorrow. But I also, I also love the, um, I get a, uh, chicken and spinach enchiladas there as well. They are good. Those are one of my favorite things on that menu. Yeah, now, if I could only eat one item for the rest of my life for many of our stores, it would be the zu- roasted zucchini salsa from local lime. Yep. I could be buried in a grave of that salsa <laughs> yeah. and just die and then, happy. Like it's, it's the best thing on the planet. This I, is the I, worst I, idea to do this right before lunch with a woman who's seven months pregnant because right. now I'm going to have to go do a tour <laughs> of all five. I almost always get a Thai chopped salad with a turkey burger on top <sighs> and, instead of, I love the ribeye, but, I'm, but I, uh, uh, 
my trainer wants me to get the turkey burger. You know, that kind of makes me Tell your trainer, no, I'm doing the pet shop with the steak. (laughs) Talking about the turkey burger, you know, when we opened, and going back to challenges, um, when we opened Big Orange, we opened with a patty selection. So you could choose, you know, our our turkey burgers are ground every day in-house. And so we had turkey burgers and beef burgers. And then we've always offered, since we opened, um, a vegetarian patty that's made from, you know, somewhere between 8 and 11 different vegetables and legumes. and with Big Orange, because that concept's so tight and really revolves around the burger, um, that was one where we hit kind of a wall um, a couple of years ago. And we're like, we've got to expand it or find a way to open it up a little bit. And so we have recently added um, a couple of patty options and presentation options options to the menu. But that was one that did present a challenge for a little while. And now we're starting to kind of open that concept up a little more with language and um, what we're offering in terms of receiving Now we have burger. six patty options. Yeah. Nice. Um, uh, which are five or six, but uh, we have the the blended burger, which is um, it's half the amount of of hamburger meat, uh, uh, all natural, very high quality, coarsely ground, um, and then fifty percent of it um, is a, a sautéed mushrooms and onions and garlic that are chopped it's up. Fantastic. It's fantastic. So it's, it's, it's just called lighter. it's called the Does blended burger. Yeah. And um, and then we have made the veggie patty. We call it the plant patty now because we we took out everything, all the animal product, the egg and things, and we've made it vegan. Uh, but but through that process, uh, the challenge was to make it even more delicious, mm-hmm. which I think right. we did. Yeah. Um, and then we have. Uh, and we're doing a new presentation with our burgers too, so you can enjoy them without you know bread um and do it we're doing burger bowls and and different things so that's been a that's been a fun one um and a challenging one creatively to open up yeah Yeah. making a hyper indulgent burger shake and and uh french fry restaurant you know um, yeah, it's always been our mission, though, since day one. We had nine salads the, the day we opened. That's mm-hmm, why right. we that's why we call it burgers, salads, and shakes. Mm-hmm. We always wanted there to be indulgent options, but also lots of of, of less indulgent options mm-hmm. and some healthy options. Well, and that's one thing I was going to talk about next, anyways, was the a difference between the concepts you've developed and then restaurants you see typically that are trying to just please the consumer and let me just give them exactly what they need. What you told me before was that you've never once looked at the demographic of a customer, but what you're doing is looking at the concept that works overall for you and for your ideas and your creativity and that being said you can go to all these restaurants and eat a meal and not leave feeling bad you know you've got the option to eat things that even when I do go and I have the sweet potato fries when I have my Thai chop salad and then I have my milkshake like the milkshake is really the only thing in there that I have to feel bad about and I don't really feel bad about it well first and foremost if I don't love it it's not going on the menu right and, and that's, I mean, everything kind of begins and ends with that. And then it, that expands to if my partners and, and my creative team don't love it, it's not going on the menu. And if for some reason, if, if something's changed and it's just, you know, it just doesn't excite me anymore, it's coming off the menu quick. Right. That's exciting. And you have to constantly deal with these changes sort yeah. of on the fly, right? So if he'll be like, change this, you've got to redo the my menu. My priority and- list is, so is I'm sure hers is the same. I have like 4,000 things on my priority list. And on my little app, I can I, I can move them up to make them a higher priorities or down. And it's if you read it, you'd laugh. I actually, I mean, I, I love it because I have, I'm very, very restless um, when it comes to 
to products. You know, and I, a lot of my background is in is in set design, advertising, you know, fashion photography, all of that stuff. So um, I'm I'm used to things changing and being different all the time. And at the end of the day, when you set all of a, aside what my background is, I'm I'm a consumer. I'm you know I'm I was brought up in a consumer culture. I love it. Um, I I love to be catered to I love I love seeing I love advertising I love messages and so because I do naturally love that I want our stuff to be exciting so I get excited mm-hmm. when he comes to me and is like I want to change this garnish and this I'm like yes let's do it oh, can we get new dishes too let's let's shake it up it's <laughs> not, like I just wanted to change yeah. one thing and here we are <laughs> yeah and, and and I don't ever want to rock you know I don't want to shift the bedrock of what makes something great like if we've got this chicken taco that is fantastic and it's because of the crunch I would never want to do anything that would ruin the foundation of the dish but when he comes up with ways to make it better or we can think of a new way to present it that's more exciting for our guest um because it is all about that guest experience yep um i love it i'm like let's let that list be a mile long because it's something new to think about you know every day which is why i like the hospitality industry because um it is all about experiences and people are looking for new food is an experience now it's not just a meal out and i think that is limitless and super exciting so one of the other things you guys don't do third-party delivery which i found out whenever i was having a really big craving for a zazal salad one day i'm super pregnant i called up there i'm like hey they're like no so i got in my car and i drove across town to get my zazal salad because it was that good and the other part is i appreciate that because it is an experience and what i feel like what happens when food gets delivered like sorry all my bite squad listeners but i just can't it takes away the experience of going to the restaurant it takes away the authenticity of what you feel and smell and some food delivers better than others Mm -hmm. like indian food delivers really well you know because Mm -hmm. it's 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 in in those (laughs) it's it's in those court containers uh or pine containers and it's really good for two weeks uh, whereas some food is more what we call a la minute, you know, it's it's better the now. second it's made, yeah. and then it goes downhill, um, you know. And and I think, you know, as as a chef, there are so many things that we cook that I just would not want to serve someone an hour later. Yeah. Well, I think there's for me, like there's it. like even if I can make money doing it, yeah. I, 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 I mean, it's it's not worth it to me. Oh, and there's you know a couple of prongs there. Um, one, I, I think that we. We may do third-party delivery coming up, but we are kind of slow to adopt to whatever is is flashing Happening, currently right. in the pan. And I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, we don't open, once we light land on a Zaza and it's successful, we don't open 25. We're slow to adopt things because we, like Scott said about the food, we're not gonna do it unless it's awesome. And right now, third-party delivery is not awesome for us because um, most people wanna order during peak times and that ends up degrading the on-site experience for our guests who have traveled there. And it also ends up degrading a lot of the food that we cook because it is better when it's fresh out. So if Mm -hmm. we ever come to a concept and open something that works well for that, we will, but we try to just be super conscientious of the people who have made the effort, who are at the store. And that has to happen, come first and serving those guests well. And if we can figure it out, we will, but we're kind of slow adopters on that. We were slow adopters on a few other trends as well, which we're coming around to, but we have to make sure that it works functionally um for our specific concept yeah first. and i really love that about you guys just because specifically like i said like i didn't mm-hmm. realize how much i was eating out until that became an option and then mm-hmm. it became I, I don't ever like eating out anymore because i don't i don't pit that against the experience i'm having at the restaurant mm-hmm. where i don't get that you know when i now when i want to go have brunch I can go to Lost 40 and I have this incredible experience in this cool area of town and this massive building. I get to watch the brewery stuff go on. It's something that I wouldn't get to experience if I was able to just 
call it home, you yeah. know. And I appreciate what you said about the food. Mm. I hadn't even thought about that, but well, it's probably it's, not yeah, as good. And, when well, it's true. Like the pizzas that yeah. come out of our our oven, is, is, they're wood fired. It's yeah. a true wood fired pizza. You know, it is not from a deck. There's there are no cheats there, and it. It does not hold well. It is meant to be enjoyed almost America, like a street a, a, food. American right style there. American yeah. style pizza has you know pounds of processed cheese on it, and it's good. It's good for like three months. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like 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 room temp, it's fine. Yeah, but uh, but Napoli style pizza um, with fewer higher quality ingredients that's baked in a nine hundred degree oven. I mean, it's it's best the second it's made, and yeah. it's great ten minutes no later, in the dough, and an so. hour later, it's just not quite the same thing. So, yeah, I also uh, like sitting over there by the wood fire when it's cold, yeah. <laughs> or when you have your gelato. Best you're seat like, in the house, sit right here. Yeah, yeah. but when I mean, they I, take that tray of bacon, out? I, I think oh. I think we would like to have a res- some restaurants, you know, that are that are delivered by mm-hmm. third party deliveries. But I mean, deliver beer from Los Angeles. Um, Jamie, here's what you like can help that. me convince her to do. Um, I want to open a Zaza ghost kitchen where we're just do. It's just for delivery. Yeah, so. that'd be cool. Amber hit the nail on the head, though. I mean, when people order from those sites is when we are, we're already packed. Yep. And um, if, if, if an in-house guest, if they have to wait an extra five or ten minutes for their meal and they're already waiting 20 minutes, that's just, um, you know, could, could we make a little more money doing that? Sure, but uh, it's it's just not worth it. Well, I really love the idea of the fact that as you guys have built all these businesses, it hasn't gotten to that point of, you know, I'm just going to do whatever gives me the next dollar. Because what happens when you own a small no, business we, is... We're, we're thinking long term every yep. day. Absolutely. Yep. And I think when you open a small business, though, and at least from my experience at first, when you finally see it working and you see revenues coming in and things are working, you're just like, all right, let me turn it up. I'm going to turn it up and make this work better. And in my industry, that works because it's just more of it is better. But when you're doing something that has to be considered at every angle, the design of the menu, the way that the cups, the big orange straws, which is Mm -hmm. such a cool effect Mm -hmm. when you're at Big Orange. All those things have to be thought through so carefully. And so I think it's really speaks to Amber and I are having the straw battle right now. Are you? Is it because they're they're not reusable? I'm trying. We are searching for products that are compostable and and, and so we're, I mean, and, and just, big fat metal well, actually, actually just, just like the, the third party thing. So we're kind of slowly, we've already made steps where we are already, we, we took straws away at certain locations. Um, they're available upon request at others. We have moved to fully biodegradable stir straws. So we're about 60% of the way there. We're currently looking for someone to produce those orange straws in a more responsible way. That's like one of our, that's really only our yeah. last holdup. You know, yeah. but, um, but, but, and that's a good example. We, I mean, we don't rush into it and go buy paper straws that don't work. Yeah. Right. Um, but I mean, I, mean I, I just found an agave straw that's, that's made from the fiber of what's left over after the tequila making process process we think it's going to work and yeah it, could there and, be tequila in it oh sorry oh. So, <laughs> yes. so yeah i mean I've, I've, I've been searching for the right straw for about mm-hmm. three years and um and uh you know my partners are like let's put the brakes on that one because because that one dissolves in, in 30 seconds or you know or you can't you know i mean a, a milkshake straw has to be thick, thick it has yeah. to be big and it so, takes a certain amount of, so we have to do, when we consider a new straw, we have to do acid tests um, because those margaritas everyone loves, you know, those are 75% lime just juice. lime juices. Mm, yeah. um, so when we, and we do have new compostable straws for um, some of the, for two locations for those, but yeah, it's, 
you know, it's kind of a, a slow process, but that's our last our last hanger outer. That's so exciting, though, <laughs> yeah. and I like the way that the fabric of this company and these concepts are built together with the integration of everybody's thoughts and ideas, but then also trying to do it responsibly, sustainably, in a way that makes your consumer benefit. I mean, the consumer benefits on every level in this scenario. Well, yeah, the number one thing to judge everything by every decision is the consumer experience and that goes from where you're located to what kind of straw you're using to if you are offer third-party delivery what is it like for the guest yeah and yeah. speaking of what it's like for the guests I do have to ask this question because you go from food and you're a chef and you've got this background and I know you've built a team around this but how do you go from these restaurant concepts into the brewery concept I mean how whose idea was that uh, that was John Beachboard and uh, Am- Am- Amber's significant other and my and our partner as well uh, uh, John was my sous chef at Boulevard Bread Company in the <laughs> mid-2000s, and we developed a, a close friendship and relationship. Uh, we, and then we opened, just John and I, our first concept together was, was the first Zaza on the Heights about 12 years ago, um, and Amber was integral, and that's when, when she really ramped up and started working with our team. Um, and uh, John had a passion, you know, about six, seven years ago, John was like, man, I would love to learn how to brew beer. He bought all this equipment for his garage. Yeah, we had, we had it all wired <laughs> into like, our garage. I can't brand this from his garage. Story, it started in our garage. Yeah. We had brewers over and learned to do it in the garage. And Google, honestly, I, it's Apple, and then now Bloss 40. All that, were started in garage. It was probably, right. eight, we're on, we're on it was probably eight years ago when they actually started bre- brewing mm-hmm. small batches. Mm-hmm. And, and they did that for a few years. Um, and John finally convinced us that, hey, man, you know, I just really want to, do, do, you know, um, uh, ramp this up and do this on a larger scale. And it really came up. Uh, um, I like to say it was kind of born from what you guys were doing at Big Orange right. because when we opened Big Orange Midtown, we had an incredible bar team, and John has always loved beer, but we put on 100 different canned and bottled beer selections and and had our most taps right. that we ever had. And so we were spending all of this time making perfect pairings of beer with all of our different dishes. And just through conversation, we, we there were a couple of dishes that we wish we had more specific flavors of beer for but that weren't available and so we were like man if we could make a beer we'd make this and so it really kind of the love for it and and pairing it it kind of bred this desire to just make it ourselves yeah Yeah. i I think as a team between john and 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 uh and ben and myself i mean we were all craft beer aficionados i think i think long before the wave yeah uh, uh, came this direction. Well, yeah, I, I also direction. like to think of, I thought it would be so super cool to have a brewery that is, has two men at the helm who are chefs. They have been making flavors to please Arkansas palates for two decades. Who better to make beer for Arkansas. I just yeah. think that would be super cool. There's not a lot of chef-driven brewers. There's a lot of crossover, cool. yeah. um, you know, and, and whether it's culinary arts or whether it's brewing beer um, and developing flavors, I mean, it's all about balance. Right. Yeah. And um, it's, um, and, you know, you know, figuring out what you want to accentuate and, you know, what what's, um, what's something that really, um, you know, pleases the palate. 
And I think so. Yeah, I think our background as chefs definitely makes us unique in that regard. But we also have hired, you know, Incred- and, incredible and, and, talent. And, yeah. Um, and our her head brewer um, worked with us from not just day one. not just hired. They're they're our, they're our family. I yeah. Mean, no, they, they really they, are. <laughs> our head brewer Dylan Yelinich. Um, yeah. He worked with us from day one. He piloted our entire cocktail program at Big Orange. He is an incredible mixologist. Like nine and years ago. Nine years ago, he exper- he yeah. he wanted to grow in the company. And so he kind of got into the beer thing with us and, and started learning how to brew beer. And we sent him to Germany for nine months to become a master brewer. And now he is our head brewer, but he has worked with us on creating you know, beverages for Arkansas for almost a decade now. Mm-hmm. And he's grown into that position along with us. Um, so I just think that's a, it's amazing. We have an amazing yeah. microbiologist grant who, who, who's, who's the mix master of, uh, back there in the, in the brew world. Yeah. And we uh, just have an incredible, of course, Omar is, is one of the uh, greatest brewers in the history of Arkansas who really helped launch our, our, um, our, uh, you know, our, our little seed of a, of a brewery six years ago. Yeah. And, um, and it's incredible what you've yeah. done with the East Village crowd, too, because so many people go over there to have that experience at Lost 40. They want to yeah. see the brewery. They want to have the food. But they, they come after that beer because it is so distinct. It is so specific to this area. And what I love is, like, you can only get it here, really. I mean, this is an Arkansas experience for the most part. Absolutely. We made the kind of the final decision three years ago that um, we would never sell beer outside of Arkansas. We mm-hmm. currently we make and sell every single drop of our beer in Arkansas. My husband so, made us pack some in the cooler yeah. when we went to Austin because he was like, we can't get this yeah. in Texas. I that's kind of that. what and we want to be. Drew my you know, to when it. you talk about drawing attention to Arkansas and highlighting what we have here that maybe you can't get in other states, uh, we wanted to be part of that conversation. You know, what? how can we help kind of the group statewide effort of setting Arkansas apart and let's make it a destination spot for our for our beer. That, that can be we our We've also never opened a restaurant out of Arkansas. No, no yeah. that's what we say about our whole group is there were Arkansas-operated, Arkansas-owned, and Arkansas-inspired. There is no outside ownership. There is no. There are no sales outside of Arkansas that, that we and want all to of be us, um, to highlight our state. I mean, I was born in Fayetteville while my dad played for the Razorbacks, and I was raised in Little Rock, went to Central High School, went back to college in Fayetteville uh, before I went to San Francisco for many years, But um, and then was, was just drawn back here, you know. Yeah. This well, is home. Similar to you, I mean, not that I'm, I'm not from Arkansas, but when I was in California, I grew up and was raised there. And when I had the opportunity to come here 12 years ago, I was like, oh, I'm never leaving. Like, And I feel like a lot of times people haven't come here, so they don't understand what we have. And that's one of the, the joys of being able to highlight what you've done on our show is that people don't really get it that are not from here. You can walk around this town and do anything that you dream of. You can turn it into a reality. You can take one restaurant, one coffee shop concept, and you can turn it into five with nine different locations. And you can live that dream and have this this massive thing come out of just an idea, just something you thought of. And I think it's incredible that you've shared that story with us because that's what I want people to, to know about Arkansas. It's a big enough market. Um, there's a lot of amazing, creative people here. And I think people here, as much as any other medium-sized market, really appreciate things that are local. Yeah. Uh, I think people in Little Rock don't want to be another suburb of Dallas uh, where there's a sea of, of, of corporate restaurants. I think people really appreciate that there's so much here that's unique and so much here that is local and there's so many local farmers that surround Little Rock and so much amazing 
um, uh, beautiful hiking and wilderness. And uh, there's just so much that, that this uh, city has to offer. But then, then you expand it the whole, to the whole state, and there's just a lifetime of exploring, you know. Yeah, and I didn't even get to mention that, but a lot of the food that you source is from local Arkansas yeah. farmers. And this is, like you said, it's all inside the state. We it's have the a- best farmer's markets here. We have like six. Well, and the other part <laughs> is amazing. that we are number one in the United States with agriculture. Like, that's right. what people need to know about this state. Like, we are number one. That's what we do. We feed people. Even oh, Heifer's World Quarter headquarters is here. They 52, know. Like. <laughs> 52% of the rice grown uh, in the United States is grown in Arkansas. Yeah, yeah we just launched um, last year. We partnered with the Arkansas. Arkansas Rice Council and um, a farmer named Jeff Rutledge in Newport, Arkansas. They are growing rice for us to produce our, um, what is looking like it's going to be one of our biggest beers, Second Rodeo. It's an Arkansas rice beer. Such and a cool we, name, by the way. <laughs> I love the can, the whole thing. Thank I'm you, like, Amber. This is not my first rodeo. My, it's <laughs> my second rodeo. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because that's, uh, that's what, to me, th- that kind of captured the spirit of our group to me. Um, you know, you have that... Uh, it's not our first time around, you know, it's usually that second try, it's getting back in that saddle, <laughs> yep. it's, you know, that to me is like, kind of like, sums up small business, it's like, all right, S- second, rodeo, that second rodeo, it's, it's, it's our version of light beer, uh, it's, it's, it's it, it does have um, uh, two-row barley, but it also has Arkansas rice, it's a lighter beer, it's kind of our version of, of, yeah, of, of, it's a just light a lot. It's a four percent alcohol, tastes really hundred eighteen good. calories. Yeah. But it helps us. We wanted to. So our flagship beer is Love Honey Bock, right. and that is at the heavier end of the spectrum, six point three percent alcohol. That is made with Arkansas honey, and so that's kind of at the top end of our portfolio. It helps and with so allergies, I've heard. It, oh, absolutely. You need to get that bee pollen, and so we wanted to kind of round out that experience. So that highlights another way, another Arkansas ingredient at the lower end of the alcoholic spectrum alcoholic spectrum um and to have something for the other side of taste so you've got like a heavier sweeter beer and then something really light and like you know we were talking about satisfying the palates of arkansas we want to make sure that we're doing something a little bit of something for everyone while highlighting the state so on the amazing rice that goes with those black beans at um at local mm-hmm. lime yeah. i was just thinking can they just grow it that way or do you have to prepare <laughs> um, that is arkansas rice but yes. yeah uh, yeah so I, I love the second rodeo though because mm-hmm. it is that i mean it's there's a lot of light beers out there that, that taste like water yeah and um the second rodeo is is in that vein of light beers but it's incredibly delicious mm-hmm. it really and that is. was another that was another push and pull situation um you know i i wanted it was my goal i was like i really want to from a marketing perspective i, I want to be able to put 100 calories on the can i was like mm-hmm. that's my that's where i draw the line you know and and john <laughs> the brew team they were like it has to be 130 so it can have flavor and i was like no good we can't <laughs> nobody if it's over 100 yeah. we can't market that that's not so, a message and so we got so that but that's how our so group they're works. making like 30 so now, pilot batches right. to, to, to really fine tune so we it. can find that yeah. one place where it's still low enough in calories to market around being low calorie but also has flavor so we're true to our brand which is right. tasting great so we landed on a 118. That's such a good compromise. That's <laughs> such a healthy compromise. I love it. Plus, yeah. what's 18 calories? I mean, yeah. no one's worried no, about at the that. end of the day, it's all, mm-hmm. it's all fine. But that landed it at 4% alcohol, too, which is when you live in this type of heat, 
Um, in this environment, too, you need that lower alcohol content Great sometimes. lake beer. So, yeah, you got to have your boat beer or your lawnmower race beer. Yeah, lawnmower <laughs> right. beer. That's a good one. I forget about the lawnmower beer. My husband's always so tired after a love honey mow. So we'll yeah. have to go stick a rodeo <laughs> with that. This is it. Yeah. Well, I, just before we wrap up, I want to ask you a question to each of you. Same question, but basically just want to know, um, and I've asked kind of in a different way about this, but when you're challenged as an entrepreneur, some people listen to this show that are trying to start their business. They're either local to Little Rock or they're nationwide and they're looking for a place to go and launch their idea and launch their dream. And I guess I want to know from each of you, your experience having done that in this atmosphere and in this city and in this state, what advice do you have for a new entrepreneur, somebody who just has an idea? a dream and maybe they do have the funding maybe they don't but they're going to encounter some things along the way that you've experienced and what advice would you impart to them you know it starts with building your own foundation as as uh, you know um, exploring from a chef's perspective um, you need to eat a lot of food yeah Um, and you and you want to go to school Uh, you want to get a broad education um, and you want to work at a ton of restaurants under great chefs that treat you with dignity and respect and will take you under their wing and train you. Um, and, and you hopefully have an opportunity to, to go to culinary school. Um, but, you know, you know, first place is that foundation. If you're building that foundation, I mean, I, I was in culinary school and cooking at Chez Panisse and, and, and cooking all over the place and traveling you know, for, for, and, and working for peasants wages uh, <laughs> at, at a, um, uh, you know, for 15 years uh, before I opened Boulevard Bread Company. I mean, I, I started cooking in kitchens when I was 15 years old. And um, so, uh, you know, it, but then, you know, once you reach that point and you think you're ready, um, you know, I was in San Francisco, um, you know, where you need, a couple mil to even think about opening in a restaurant and, right. and, and all the red tape there is insane. And the cost of living, I was living in a flat with seven other, uh, seven people. I didn't know it's a lot of people to cook for. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so um, and I, um, yeah, I just realized, um, and, uh, you know, what we, we were, my, my, my first wife was pregnant with my first child and I just had this epiphany. I'm like, it's not going to happen here. Um, and, um, and I, and I love Arkansas. And so I, um, the opportunity to come back here, um, and create something where there's not already 50 and, um, but, but also put my own spin on it, you know, for, uh, drawn from my own past and my own, uh, my own family and, and my own experience, um, uh, was, a, was an amazing opportunity. So, you know, put the effort in on the front end. Um, and then, you know, find, find a place or a community, um, uh, where there's people that, that will be very, uh, loving and accepting and occasionally forgiving. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. Pay your dues too. Yeah. And and, and Little Rock in Arkansas has kind of been that for us. I mean, our, uh, people have been very accepting of, of our passion and our creativity, um, and very forgiving at times and, and, Occasionally, we have to ask forgiveness when, because we're not perfect, and, and we and we do make mistakes, and we we love the feedback, and we love to learn and and grow and be and be a part of that. What about you? Well, the one thing I know is that I have never started or accomplished anything by myself, and um, I don't know a lot of people who have. So I really think that 
it's not about relationships from the perspective that you need to know the right people. It's about relationships from the perspective that you need to find other people that will work as hard as you do. Um, I think that every opportunity that I have had is mostly due to the fact that I will um, learn how to do, I come with the skills. So I've tried to accumulate every skill that I can along the way. And I think it's really important if you're trying to start a business that you know how to do every part of the job or, and it, or at least learn as much as you can about it. Um, I would never try to start a restaurant and not know how to cook um, or how to run the dishwasher or how to do the basic finances. I think it's really important that you totally understand the nuts and bolts of what you do first. And from a design perspective, that's true too. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I've having people that you work with that you trust um, and I think just getting in and into the trenches and getting some of that experience puts you in a position where other people will trust you when those opportunities do come along. Um, there is, I've been asked a lot, you know, well, what's the magic bullet? Oh, was it because you, it, is your success in what you've done so far because you went to art school? I'm like, absolutely, absolutely not. None of these skills came from that. It's, it's constant building along the way. So um, I just think it's super, super important that if you want to start something new, that you understand how to do every little piece of it yourself so that you know who you can actually trust when it comes time to build a team. Um, and I think that that um, shows itself when you go to someone, like if you're going to a bank to look for an investment, when they know that you know how to actually do the job, when you're not somebody who maybe is an accountant who's never run a restaurant but just wants some money to open one, that's a very different thing than when you have a chef come to you who's, who's been working and gaining experience. Yeah. Or um, I just think it's really, really important to have relevant experience and to get in the trenches and to do the work because it also in, it can help you, it can help inform the way that you want to run the business and uh, ultimately all the decisions that you make for it. So I'm just a big work experience believer and along the way you're gonna meet people who um, are gonna become your network. Yeah. Yeah, and as soon as you get into, as soon as you, you know, get your team together and you're ready to open something and you're looking for space, um, and certainly by the time you open and start hiring a team, um, I think the most critical thing in terms of, of being happy as an as a, as a individual, as a human, but also in terms of, of developing long-term success um, is how you treat people. And I think that's very, very, it's a, it's a critical message. Um, you have to treat everyone, um, not because you have to, but because you, you want to, because you're a good, you're a good person, hopefully, <laughs> but uh, treating everyone with love and dignity and respect and appreciation um, and uh, developing a team who's your family, um, that you're there for them in their time of need. Um, and you know, when they're down, you're helping them up. We're all human in this world. So that's, I think that's a big part of who we are. And it's a, certainly a big part of who I am. And I think without that, um, six, six, not only is success, um, limited, um, but it's also less rewarding. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I've been, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with both of you about this journey and I'm starving. So we're going to wrap up now because all I can think about is going to one of these five concepts and eating my weight. And I'm food. going to local yeah. lime today. I've, I've got a, I had Zaza yesterday. And yeah. Thank you so much for having us. This, I think that, that what you're doing is incredible yeah. too. You're just shining a light on all of the things going on in our state. Thank um, you. Yeah. We want people to come yeah. here and experience it. Once they I come here and try the beer, they're never leaving. Let's anyway. do another, so 
let's let's great. do another one. I just want to talk about all the nooks and crannies of the state and all the beautiful hiking yeah. trails and waterfalls and. The, I mean, I, I have been... You know what we should do? Yeah. <laughs> we should travel to your different restaurants and then right. go have an adventure in that city yeah. and then come back and eat. Uh, I, Absolutely. I, I love this state. You could explore it uh, 24 hours dinner. a day we'll just call for, it for your entire life. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming on the show. We appreciate you and we'll see you next time. Thank, thank you, Jamie. You. Little Rock, we're out. Thanks for listening to the Little Rock Block Talk podcast. If you're interested in hearing more, make sure to like, subscribe, and follow our page. If you're also interested in sponsoring an episode, reach out to us on Facebook.